But hey, welcome back to Bros of Murder. In the early hours of October 12, 2019, a police officer informed Dean issuing his commands and no turnaround time for him being, you know, picked up, booked for murder, and we give them the badge. <laughs> oh. And when we think that, like, the result is gonna be any different than a react. No. I mean, comprehend what you're saying. Like, fuck. And. way. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Faster than Dean. All of the M50s, like, truly are that, like, vision of hope of, I'm, you know, it's not just, uh, like, a checks and balances thing. That, I think that's a great thing, but to me, it just, it's insane to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was this episode. We were linking every Kelly. No! <laughs> I met an actual Hershey all right, ready for the clap? One, two, three. <laughs> A minute later. <laughs> and Robert was still waiting. <laughs> you sweet summer child. <laughs> he tries his best. We love him. He but hey, welcome back to Bros of Murder. <laughs> First of all, voted number one podcast of 2022 by Cosmo. Ask about us. It's like, what, our third year in Cosmo, too? Mm-hmm. Third year number one. Yeah, someone has a crush on us over there. And my DMs are partially open. Partially. (laughs) (laughs) That would get too reckless in there. Yeah, so uh, this week we are covering the case of another cop killing. Because, you know, a cop. And this one's more relevant. It's the case of Atiana Jefferson. And did you guys see like the video recently of her nephew in trial? No. He was he took the stand. Heartbreaking. God. I bet to play it later in the episode and show you. It was heartbreaking. I can't imagine. Yeah. So we're covering the case of Atiana Jefferson, who in the early hours of October 12, 2019, a police officer in Fort Worth, Texas shot and killed her inside of her own home. I think we touched on this a little bit back when it first happened, but like now we're, cut, we're at the tail end. But before we get into the shooting, the trial, and the recent conviction, I'll jump in and give us some background of the people involved. So, Asiana Jefferson was an Xavier University of Louisiana pre-medical graduate with a bachelor's in biology. She worked in human resources and relocated to Fort Worth to help with her mom who was sick. Her sister, Ashley, described her as a woman with honor, integrity, and commitment, and stated that she devoted a huge portion of her life to just assisting her family. It's not well, it's including not only her mom, but her nephew, who she was taking care of while his mother was in surgery recovering. By all accounts of the family, she was just a hardworking black woman who cared for the people around her and had a lot going for her. And unfortunately, her life was cut short by a dumbass cop. So aside from being a dumbass, who was Aaron Dean? So Dean was a commissioned officer at Fort Worth Police Department since April 2018. Uh, I, and I looked into his past and he has had some uh, sketchy behavior before. I saw that too. So uh, when looking into his background, there's two main things that stood out to me. First was that he was cited by the Arlington Police in, t- in 2004 for assault by contact with the Class D misdemeanor while at the University of Texas at Arlington. Apparently he touched a woman on the breast at the campus library, which weird Classy. as fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, and he entered a no contest plea and agreed to pay a fine. Now, a no contest, that's just like you're not admitting, you're not admitting guilt, but you're also just not saying that, you're not saying anything, right? Uh, I think the no contest is that you're just accepting whatever the 
the judge yeah, is the, saying okay. you're not gonna fight. Because what you're talking about is more of like an Alfred plea. Okay, okay, okay. So no contest. When you're like, you're not, you're not admitting charges. guilt, but you're accepting that they have enough okay. to charge you. So basically, with no contest, he's just not fighting the no. charges. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he played a fine for that. Which, how much is a fine for grabbing someone's breast and didn't want to be yeah. touched? Five doll hairs. Now, second and arguably more important was uh, his training records. So now his training records of his first year on the job, no concerns from his supervisors. Those concerns were tunnel vision and needs of improvement on communicating with the public and fellow officers. And I feel like this issue of tunnel vision and his lack of communication skills played a big part in the shooting and the case. So Kelly, take it away. So as he said, on the early morning, in the early morning hours of October 12th, 2019, a neighbor of Atiana Jefferson called a non-emergency police line because a door to her home was left wide open. Actually, two doors were left wide open and they were concerned. All the lights were on and everything. So as I'm sure you can assume, that would be kind of weird to see at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, very, very sus. Yeah. As it happened, Jefferson was playing video games with her nephew. They had opened the door after cooking to ventilate smoke from burnt food. So, unaware of the police call, when Jefferson heard noises outside her home, she took her firearm with her to investigate. As the police walk around her home, they see her through the window, tell her to put her hands up and immediately fire, not giving her any chance to react or respond to instruction. Which, I don't know if you guys saw, um, I have it linked in my article and we can put those links in the show notes to a BBC article that has the video on it and um, like from his body cam and it's like immediate like I mean he he said something put your hands up but he doesn't even it's just like he immediately shoots so yes as the police walk around her house and see her oh oops sorry just ignore that um That single shot through the window from Officer Aaron Dean killed her. The entire interaction was caught on the officer's body cam, as I said, and then under proper protocol, Dean should have voiced to his partner that he saw someone with a gun, which he did not do, and his partner attest to that at trial. The other problem was how these officers responded to the call was that um, it was supposed to be a welfare check. But they responded with what was considered an open structure call, which puts officers more on alert for things like potential burglaries. So as opposed to like, if it's a wellness call, they're just going to go knock on the door and see if you're okay. But because that wasn't the way that they were sent to the call, they were more on alert and, as I would assume, jumpy and quick to pull out their weapons. Um, That being said, the neighbor expressed concern but never mentioned anything about a possible robbery to their, with their call to the police. Um, They just expressed concern that the house was open and the lights were on so late. So, you want to tell us how the, how everything went in the aftermath, Robert? Yeah. So, kind of like Kelly was saying, immediately after the shooting, the Police department did release the body cam footage, um, and they re- they released an edited version of that footage. So it kind of starts just before the events and immediate, immediately before the shooting, and then stops. So the video is out there. Um, it's not ultra graphic. It's obviously very tragic to watch, but um, if you're curious about like the timing of uh, Dean issuing his commands and the shot being fired, you know you can watch it and not worry about you know seeing her body or um, yeah. it being super traumatic. Um, so the, idi- the video that they edited, once it ends, it also shows a couple of still images of a, ton- 
Tatiana's uh, firearm that is inside her house. Uh, and that generally was regarded as a really shitty way to paint the victim. Um, and the police chief even addressed that in a press conference regarding the murder. Uh, he said, we're homeowners in Texas, the police chief said. Most of us, if we thought we had somebody outside our house that shouldn't be, and we had access to a firearm, we would have acted very similarly to how she was acting. In hindsight, releasing the images of the weapon was a bad thing to do. So they kill a woman, they release the video of them killing a woman, and then they edit it to make it look like, oh, well, she had a gun. She had a gun in her own home when someone, she heard someone fucking walking around her house. Yeah, yeah. We love the post-production of all that. It was so disrespectful. Um, and in that kind of period, Aaron Dean resigned from the police force. Um, the police chief did say they would have fired him if he did not resign. Um, that was a few days after the shooting. Uh, he was then arrested, with, charged with murder, uh, and then he was out on bail in four hours after being arrested. Uh, and then he would be free on bail for three years before the trial actually began. Um, so there was like no turnaround time for him being, you know, picked up, booked for murder, and then out on bail. Um, and I was trying to look into like how much bail he was given, and it looked like it'd be about two hundred thousand um, dollars. And apparently, that's actually pretty close uh, to the average of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you were on uh, murder manslaughter charges if you are given bail at all. Um, so if it's like first degree violent murder, typically they do not grant bail, um, but because this was uh, a police officer, they thought he was not a flight risk and granted him $200,000 bail. So during the course of the trial, uh, there's lots of character testimonies that came forward to testify on behalf of Aaron Dean. Um, and they were trying to paint him as as soft a light as possible as he was trying to be a dedicated member of the community and you know none of them were super compelling um he was also evaluated by a psychologist dr kyle clayton um clayton described dean as a narcissist who was not phys- uh, psychologically suitable to serve a police officer oh, what a thought yeah wait um, don't, I don't am shocked don't and surprised don't police have to play psych evals before they can get hired in the first place? I was going to say, isn't that exactly what we're supposed to know before we give them the badge? <laughs> uh, well, and also, it, even if it's just, hey, the job has changed him over a couple of years, why aren't you having to check in every couple of years and do another psych evaluation? You know, well, because, after- Robert, he has poor communication skills. It's in his report. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, that's the thing. <laughs> right? So he has had a history of acting inappropriately. They didn't recheck him and they sent a man like that out on a call. And when we think that, like, the result is going to be any different than what it was, like, I just, yeah. I don't know. So the course of events then, on the evening, um, the evening of are incredibly damning for Dean um, as far as deciding whether or not he was at fault. So after arriving on the scene, to a non-emergent wellness check, Dean circled around the house with the partner to a bedroom window where he saw Atiana. Um, I've said both a Tatiana and a Tat and a Tat. I can't even say it now. Atiana, um, and we were able to find uh, examples of both being used. So that's not out of laziness. Uh, we're trying our best. <laughs> we are trying our best to find like good pronunciations for names. Always. You're doing your best, sweetie. <laughs> 
Doing amazing. <laughs> so after Dean circled around the house, uh, Dean shouted, "Put your hands up! Show me your hands! Show me your hands!" and fired one shot. Uh, he issued his commands and fired all in a matter of three seconds. Um, and I don't also, know about you, but that's not enough time for me to be able to react. No. Or to comprehend what you're saying. And in none of those commands did I say, hey, I'm a police officer. Yeah. yeah. Or, hey, you okay? What's going on? Arlington police. Hi, you're in my backyard. Yeah. And also, he has a flashlight, like, going through the window. You can't see who he is. It's dark out. You just have a beam of light in your backyard looking through your bedroom window. Anyway. So... Some things we need to consider when we're thinking about this. The two officers did not announce their presence or who they were. They never knocked on the door when they arrived on scene. Uh, that they did not knock or call, but instead whisper to each other as they were going around the house. So they were actively trying to conceal their presence. Uh, Dean shined a flashlight in Atiana's face before issuing his commands, and that Atiana was the last line of defense between a strange man in her backyard and her eight-year-old nephew who she was taking care of. So what would you have done? How would you respond in those three seconds that would have saved your life? Would you have had time to raise your hands, to dive to the ground? Could you even have called for help? Because even if it was a burglar in your backyard, I don't think anyone would assume in three seconds, they were going to shoot. No, because we can comprehend, like, what to do next. Yeah, exactly. Well, and one of the things that partner te- attested to in during trial is that, like, she actually never saw the gun before mm-hmm. he shot. So it was like she, like, she didn't even have enough time to react, let alone the person in the house, like the homeowner who's trying to defend themselves. And now, a message from our sponsors. Yeah, they responded in a super militarized type way. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Faster than Dean could have time to react. Because I don't believe he saw the gun. I think he saw a person and shot them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got scared. So Dean claims to have Atiana, claims to have seen Atiana point a gun at him, but this does not match Zion, Atiana's nephew's testimony. Uh, this assertion that he saw Atiana with a gun is also further brought into question when the other officer on, discreet, on scene described her version of events. She testified she did not see Jefferson holding a gun and did not recall Dean ever saying that Jefferson had a gun. The prosecutor, Dale Smith, questioned uh, Dean in the following interaction. You've got another fellow officer from the Fort Worth Police Department entering a home, which you've determined to be a burglary in progress with a possible armed assailant, and you didn't think to tell your partner, hey, there's a gun. Dean said, no. You didn't think to tell her, hey, I saw somebody with a gun. No. Dean said. Um, which, if it is true, horrible police officer. And if it's not true, you're actively lying, and you're doing all of this just to cover your ass because you murdered an innocent woman. And we also need to keep in mind that Texas is a castle doctrine state, um, and based on the events, Atiana would have had every right to shoot Aaron Dean. Um, and if she kills him, it would not have been murdered. I mean, obviously that would have had to been proven in court, but uh, given all of the information we have here, I don't think there's anything uh, that like an NRA lawyer wouldn't jump on to, you know, protect those rights. If I mean, the NRA don't like black folk, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, remember who uh, used to fight for gun control in the first place? <laughs> I was gonna the say gun control until the black Panthers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, the trial was relatively quick. It was only a couple of days. And then jury deliberation um, also took longer than typical, but 
Uh, the jury deliberated, and Dean was sentenced to 11 years, 10 months, and 12 days. Uh, and he will be out when he is in his 50s, unless he is released ahead of schedule, which, you know, the cynic in me thinks is likely. Um, police officers never seem to serve their full sentence. Um, no. Something about... You know what, do you we know, want to look at uh, the nephew's testimony? Uh, yeah. I, I teared up. I was going to say it's fucked up. All right, can you say? Mm-hmm. But when Jefferson's nephew took the stand, he said the gun was pointing down. Are you sure she didn't have it up at all? Oh, I'm sorry. You told me it was something different about how your aunt was holding that gun. I'm not sorry. The former cop faces up to life in prison if convicted of. What kind of piece of shit do you have to be to try to trick a kid into, like, saying that they... I don't know. Sorry, that last one really pissed me off. I know. Yeah, no, it made me angry too. The first time I watched it, like I get you're a defense attorney, but fuck you. Yeah. Leave the little boy alone. We're attacking the character witness. Who's a of, child? Yeah. Who's still recovering from seeing a murder happen? Nice. Good shit. So now, Fort Worth, they have tried to like distance themselves from Dean since the shooting, but that doesn't like take away the point that. In 2019 alone, Fort Worth Police Department were involved in nine different shootings, and seven of them were fatal. And then many of those lacked actual death reports for the victims. And in multiple cases, the officers who were involved, they didn't, they didn't lose their jobs. They're still out there patrolling the streets. Like Fort Worth Police I mean, Department. Yeah, the the police that shot Tamir Rice never didn't lose their jobs. They just got shuffled no. around. And uh, that's what happens in Fort Worth. And uh, there's a lot of accounts of how militarized Fort Worth Police Department are, which is why if you go to, and I'll link this in the show notes too, uh, justiceforatiana.com, you can sign a petition to help hold Fort Worth accountable for like their shitty behavior and actions because people to this day, are still dying and no one's being held accountable for it. Which is a huge problem in policing around the country. Well, and that's the thing, too, that I was going to say about, like, this whole situation is, like, yes, on one hand, we have seen a specific, pat- like, pattern in this man's history of acting inappropriately on the job. But the thing is, at the end of the day, like, they're still trained to be reactive like in those situations because like i mean that's why this whole self-defense thing is so broad and i mean yeah it didn't it didn't work out the normal way here because that was pretty clear cut but like how often do do they get away with using self-defense as an excuse so like this isn't like this is this is their training like this is that that reaction while inappropriate and while like is a history of problematic behavior is still a part of the training in the sense of like this is not just an isolated incident obviously yeah it's kind of the culture of policing really yeah and so like the thing too that kills me about this is it's like as like we as civilians don't make the choice to take on the responsibility like of putting ourselves in these dangerous positions the police do Mm -hmm. like they're taking on that that risk we're not so the fact that like their self-defense is is rated higher and more important them acting in self-defense is more important than the people the like random civilians that they kill is just insane to me because like we're just going about our lives they have chosen that that field for themselves so when it comes to like introducing new training and stuff into a police department that will affect the next batch of recruits, but that doesn't fix any of the people who've been on the force for 30, 40 years 
And if you do a like sensitivity training or retrain them in any way, that's going to be a really hard behavior pattern to break because that person has been acting that way for 40 years in this community, and they're magically just going to stop because they went to a, a two-week course. That's an excellent point. Yeah. And like, as soon as you have those young recruits who are coming into the department. Even if they like truly are that like vision of hope of I'm you know a black person from this community I'm gonna be a police officer that helps I want to be that person they are still gonna have to actively fight the culture that is already in that police department and we've seen what that happens to those officers that sometimes they are physically assaulted or murdered or pushed or at out the least is officer yeah at least is pushed along. out yeah, pushed out. Well, and like, that's the thing, like, uh, another facet of this that I just don't understand is like, okay, like when I first graduated college, I have a degree in studio art and art related stuff. And like, if I wanted to like work at a museum or be like a curator, I have to have like a certain level of even just for art, a certain level of education, like a master's to like be a curator of a museum. But like, these people are carrying around weapons and they don't even have to have more than a high school diploma. And I'm not trying to sound like some like educated elitist or whatever, but I just feel like me handling art, art should not be more educated than somebody who is like, has, has to make life or death decisions, you know? Yeah. Well, and especially when there are degrees about criminology and social work, um, it's not just uh, like a checks and balances thing, it would also be extremely beneficial for them to like have background in those things. Maybe mm -hmm. know why we do the things we do in our criminal justice system or like the logic and justice behind it. That's like only a good thing. It would make only better cops. And I, I do remember seeing this one video where this guy was talking about how like it was like a training video and the specific guy who goes around the country to train cops and like his whole thing was like you have to see everybody as a potential threat and it's like i don't as if you are in a position of power and you are carrying a weapon on you at all times like i, I don't see how you can be in a position to be constantly afraid yeah that, you know you're setting I mean? yourself like, up for failure at that point that and like also what do you like i mean yes can it be dangerous sometimes of course but overall what do you have to be afraid of you have a leg up on everybody else around you you're trained and you have a weapon mm -hmm. like and we're yeah. we're like creating this like culture of fear fear within the police force so that they react so much fat like they're so much more reactive than they should be and they don't I mean, we've, we've always heard that they have all these terms of like, where they're supposed to learn how to de-escalate situations. We don't see that consistently. Yeah. We do not see them de-escalating tense situations. We usually see them escalating them um, into something like this. One thing I do find funny about policing is like, if you ask, like most people who are in the military say the same thing about police, they're like, oh, they should be trained like we are in the military because our rules are so strict and tight. Like there's no wiggle room, especially nowadays. Like our, our rules of engagement when it comes to dealing with people are a lot more stricter than police. Like we, we were trained to de-escalate first, to like create distance. Don't like, don't be a threat to people, treat people nicely. <laughs> Which I mean, I'm not, and I'm not saying that you guys shouldn't do that, obviously. Like that, I think that's a great thing. But to me, it just, it's insane to me that we, we have a better, like, we have a better training and like approach Extensive, to yeah. war with people that like are completely separate for us, but we don't have that with our own fucking citizens. 
Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Like, 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 if I go to a different country and, like, fucking beat the shit out of somebody on the street, I'm I'm in trouble. I'm being court-martialed. Like, that's my ass. Well, and that's the thing that's crazy to me, too, is because, like, on an, an additional level, the whole reason that you guys, as part of the military, go out there is to defend and protect us here at home. But we're not even protected from our own fucking law enforcement but for the by the same rules. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> it's It's insane. Like, yeah, even, even like the point? vetting process to get in is different. Like I remember when I was in uh, basic, a kid got kicked out because so he had a Confederate flag tattoo on his inner thigh. But I guess no one noticed it when they did the body checks. So someone saw it and told us to one of the staff sergeants, and he got sent home. They said, "No, you can't have that wow. tattoo here." Yeah, so he had to go home That's and get it covered up before he can come back. Oh yeah, no, the army's way different now. They don't tolerate like any type of that behavior. Like you, you, you see some racist shit, they'll send you the fuck home. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. Like. And, and that's how our, our police should be. It should be that strong. We love to see it. Yeah, so that was uh, the episode. Oh, go ahead, Robert. What are you about to say? Uh, I think earlier in the episode, I said Arlington instead of Fort Worth. Um, so that that's that city name was wrong. I'm ended. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was this episode. We'll be linking everything in the show notes, especially the website where you can go sign a petition for justice for Atiana, because there's, there's a bigger issue than just that one case. You know, check out the show notes, check out the music, follow us on the social medias, check out the Patreon for early episodes. The season is winding down. Uh, we hope you enjoyed your holidays. And kisses from the homies. Mm-hmm. Just one, just one for the holidays. Give one for the holidays. You better make it last. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's just for me. Y'all can kiss. Mm-hmm. A Hershey kiss. Oh, oh. God. A dingleberry? Kelly. No! Oh, <laughs> I meant an actual Hershey kiss. Hell. Time now for your latest weather forecast. How wonderful. 